I'm Jay Moran. I'm Bridget Jaipal Valenza. I'm Thomas O'Neill White. I'm Angelie Preston. We need to get together and let our voices be heard. This is What's Next. A dedicated hour to have important conversations about the issues facing the marginalized and underrepresented communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We're going to have some real healing. We've got to have space to tell some uncomfortable truth. What's Next continues our mission to discuss race, equity, and the common concerns of Buffalo's East Side and beyond. In the suburban area everywhere, we must work and teach our children. Ahead on today's episode of What's Next, Thomas O'Neill White welcomes Pastor Michael Bell of Durham AME Zion Church in Buffalo and Faustinia L. Morrow, founder of the Monarch of Infinite Possibilities, discussing Monday's Day of Service in Buffalo in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day. First, we start with some words of Dr. King during his speech in Buffalo at Kleinhans Music Hall on November 9, 1967. And tonight I was escorted uh, to this beautiful auditorium by uh, some very efficient uh, police officers of the city of Buffalo. <laughs> and last week I was being escorted to the Birmingham City uh, County Jail by police officers. <laughs> I can assure you that this is a much more refreshing atmosphere. <laughs> Tonight I want to talk with you from the subject, The Future of Integration. There seems to be a desperate and even poignant question on the lips of thousands and millions of people all over our nation and all over the world. They are constantly asking whether we are making any real progress in the area of race relations. And in seeking to answer that question, I always try to avoid a superficial optimism on the one hand and a deadening pessimism on the other hand and I try to emerge with what I consider a realistic position. And the realistic answer seeks to combine the truths of two opposites while avoiding the extremes of both. And so with the optimists and race relations, I would say we have made some significant strides over the last few decades. But then I would have to agree with the pessimists that we still have a long, long way to go. And it is this realistic position that I would like to use as the basis of our thinking together as we deal with the whole question of the future of integration. We have come a long, long way, but we still have a long, long way to go before racial justice is a reality in our nation. From November 9th, 1967, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. speaking in Buffalo at Kleinance Music Hall. 
Coming up, Thomas O'Neill White and his guests discuss Monday's Day of Service in Buffalo in honor of the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. This is What's Next. Did you know that WNED PBS is always working on great new local shows for you to watch? Documentaries like Kleinhand's Gift to Buffalo, which tells the story of Buffalo's music hall. The hall is very intimate, and that intimacy makes everyone who comes in here feel a part of our family. Fun and educational series like Compact Science. Believe it or not, peppers are technically fruits. And Shakespeare's greatest hits featuring some of his best-known soliloquies and monologues. We are such stuff as dreams are made of. You can watch them all on our website at wned.org slash local shows. While you're there, check out the show pages and many websites for additional content such as bonus features, photo galleries, and lesson plans. Find it all at wned.org slash local shows. You're listening to What's Next, our place to discuss the important issues of our communities of Western New York and Southern Ontario. We want to hear from you. Click on the Talk to Us option in the WBFO app, and we will work to get your questions or comments on the air. Do you have a story or concern that we should be addressing? Email us using what's next at wbfo.org. Together, we'll have the conversations that are needed. This is WBFO, your NPR station. This is What's Next. I'm Thomas O'Neill White, and joining me today to talk about the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day of Service in the city of Buffalo is Faustinia L. Morrow, the principal and founder of Monarch of Infinite Possibilities, and Pastor Michael Bell from Durham Memorial AME Zion Church. Thank you both for joining us today. Thank you. And thank you. So we are coming up upon Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and you, Faustinia, have created a day of service in his honor. What was the impetus for this idea? You know, it really started because I was looking for something to do in the community because actually, ironically, it was around the insurrection time. And I thought I was going to D.C. And then I heard, okay, we're going to be here in Buffalo. <laughs> and so I said, okay, well, what can I do on uh, to do community service? Because I'm very big on doing community service. And there was nothing happening in the city of Buffalo. So I was like, what would it look like if we did a cleanup on Michigan Avenue? And so that's how we started and I put it out on Facebook to see if at least 10 people would help. With one day's notice, 20 people shined up and they showed up on MLK Day and that was the beginning. The second year, I took with me my little nephew and there was another young man named Makai who came. And my nephew and Makai had such a good time that when we were driving in the community, my nephew saw the archway in the corridor and he said, Auntie, are we going to do that cleanup again? I said, you want to clean up, but you don't want to clean up your room? <laughs> and he was like, yes, Auntie, I really had a good time. Can we do that again? It's fun to help people. And I said, sure. So that's how we did it the second year. And then last year, it just took off. So we went from 20 people to 60. By the way, it was freezing cold that year because, you know, we had a big storm. Mm -hmm. And people said, Fasenia, can we go indoors? So that third year, we had 150 people last year. And this year, we are expecting 500 people to show up. So let's circle back, though, to that first day of service. Well, what did you do? So um, <laughs> with 20 people, With right? 20 people, we showed up at the Michigan Street Baptist Church. 
And our goal was to clean up on the quarter. Now, actually, I had wanted to clean up up and down Michigan Avenue, but the city of Buffalo does an excellent job with cleaning up. And there was no trash down Michigan Avenue. So we ended up um, in the corridor um, on Nash Street. Um, it was lots of trash over there. And so we were able to clean up. So when I put it out on Facebook, one of Oswaldo from the city he said, Facilia, do you need pickers? Do you need trash bags? We can donate that to you. And then another sister from a Buffalo Waterkeeper, she said, we'll give you gloves and different things. And I was like, wow, this is great. And so that's what we did to 20 people. We got our trash bags and our pickers and we were cleaning up on the corridor. And it was incredible because we had environmentalists, we had older people, we had young people, and even Majority Leader Crystal People showed up and she helped us clean up. So it was really incredible and an organic experience. And I thought, oh, this is great. Okay, off to the next thing. Until my nephew said the next year, <laughs> Auntie, are we going to clean up again? It was so fun. Has your nephew kind of taken on a leadership role then? And t talk to me about, yeah. you know, having young people having this, this voice in, in this context. I'm so glad you asked that because anything that I do, it needs to be intergenerational because that's how I was raised. In church, I'm a church girl, by the way, and um, in church, they always wanted to make sure we were included. And so I have taken on that approach to make sure that young people are a part. And so, like I said, Makai, I think he was seven at the time. My nephew was nine. And they have been involved. And then my nephew, I asked him what we should do and how we should engage young people. And he has always shared with me. And because he's done the cleanup, he's starting to get very interested in what's happening with the environment. Because mm -hmm. one thing that's powerful to me, because I organize around the environment and around our community being involved, I am seeing lots of young people who are naturally concerned because they know that they're going to inherit whatever we leave for them. So they are actively playing a role. They're very concerned and they're conscious. And so it's so funny. I'll tell you a quick story. So my nephew and I were with my mom. I said, Mom, you know, we got to make sure we reduce waste. So one day my mom was about to litter and I said, mom, you can't litter. And here goes my nephew. Grandma, do you want to be a litterer? <laughs> <laughs> so he is naturally concerned and he keeps us on task now. And so it makes me very excited and it makes my heart smile because he is um, at a very young age concerned about what happens to the environment. Falsenia, you had talked about the growth in volunteers from year to year, but how has the day of service grown otherwise over the last four years? Thank you for asking. So we started off doing a outdoor cleanup, and we did that on the second year as well. But as Buffalo would have it, which this is my hometown, and I love my hometown, but as Buffalo would have it, it was a storm on MLK Day the second year we did it. And so we had to postpone it for two mm -hmm. weeks out. And I thought, surely in two weeks, the snow will be gone and we can pick up the trash outdoors. Two weeks later, it was zero below. <laughs> <laughs> the snow was still there. <laughs> and it was ice. Now it was hardened. Right. We ended up doing a snow removal. And actually, the city got involved. And we had, like, pickers. And we were chopping ice. And... We were working very, very hard. And actually, that year, 100 people had signed up, but we postponed it. And even with zero below weather, 
60 people showed up to participate. Wow. So that was incredible. And then someone who was very smart said, Hostinia, um, can we go indoors? <laughs> Are there, is there anything we can do besides outdoor cleanup? And I said, you know, let's, look, let's examine that. Sure enough, the third year, which was last year, we had nine sites. And five of them were churches up and down Michigan Avenue. And then we had a food bag stuffing with nonprofit on the east side. So thus began this journey to including churches and nonprofit organizations. So this year, I'm so excited to say that we have over 30 projects on the east side. Over 15 of them are churches again. We're doing painting. We are like doing cleanup. And interestingly enough, last year, some of the environmentalist friends that I had came and they participated. But they said, Hostinia, they use the most toxic product. (laughs) What can we do about that? And I said, well, when I grew up, if your house didn't smell like bleach and pine saw, it wasn't clean, right? So, um, (laughs) but, but I took in consideration what my environmental friends had said and got products donated. Actually, Walmart donated seventh generation and other eco-friendly products so that we could then donate that to the sites. So Mm -hmm. every site that's doing a cleanup has eco-friendly products and they're painting, they're doing decluttering projects, they're recycling, we're doing outdoor beautification products, projects. And even the African-American Culture Center has a special project where they're incorporating young people and it has just really blossomed, and we are so excited and honored. It's really an honor. It's an incredible amount of growth over just a, f- a four-year span. You mentioned churches. Pastor Michael Bell, Good I morning. want to bring you in on this conversation. Talk to me about how Durham Memorial got involved with this project, with this day of service. 2022 was my first year back to Buffalo after being away from Buffalo for 27 years. I, I grew up here in Buffalo. And we were, as, as many know, the Amy Zion Church has always been active in its community. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things about the Durham Memorial Church and its outreach center is that when I got the call with regard to participating, of course, I'm very interested in establishing the relationships and seeing this project through. So I was just excited that that was a day that we were going to have a lot of people in. Mm-hmm to do things, but I was working on my doctoral work, and I could not get in because I had intensive classes in Rochester that I was doing, and I had my staff, my people, actually participating in it, and when they said, guess who came? Who? Mark Polengartz. I said, who's that? He said, the county executive. Oh, yeah, I've read about him, And, and, and I said, well, there, there were quite a few people. They came, they painted two nice-sized restrooms and cleaned the kitchen. For those of you that don't know, Durham Memorial has a soup kitchen, and it has a daycare. And by the way, as a plug, I've got a meeting coming up Wednesday at 4.30 to ask if there's anyone out there in the larger Buffalo community that want to come and help us reimagine the soup kitchen. That's a time to come. And so we've attached ourselves to something that's very positive, and I'm glad that it is environmentally positive. I write political education material for the Poor People's Campaign, which is a click for Dr. King because Mm -hmm. he got that started. 
And when we resurrected it in New York State, the environment became a very critical component of Dr. King's three points. So we're just excited to, to be partnering. Uh, and I want to say that what happened is we had about 20 people assigned to go to Durham Memorial to clean, to paint in the bathrooms, but also to help with whatever. And it turned out that 28 people went. And so with all of those hands, as uh, Reverend Blue from the NAACP Mm -hmm. says, many hands make light work. And so I was so grateful to hear that at Durham Memorial, they were able to put people to work and clean it in the kitchen and really getting involved. And so that's what it's about to me is like, where can we make a difference and, you know, being flexible to do what we can, especially with an environmental focus. And there is a connection between Coretta Scott King and the AME Church. Is that correct? Not the AME Church, but the AME Zion Church. The AME Coretta Zion Scott Church. King, Dr. King's wife, was instrumental in helping at a time when Dr. King was down in Birmingham, Alabama, Montgomery, Alabama, and they were working on the Montgomery bus boycott. And it was imperative that they would create an organization that could help to buttress the work. And there was some discord amongst the Baptist pastors down there about electing Dr. King as the president because he had not been there. He's too young. What can he do? And so with the contention Coretta Scott King made sure that the meeting was held at the Mount Zion AME Zion Church. And once it moved over there, there wasn't the contention that they had before. They elected him as the president of the uh, Montgomery bus boycott, and the rest is history now. And the rest is history now. Um, Talk a little bit about, you've been pastor at Durham Memorial for a little over a year now? It's a little over a year. I came in, I'll I'll never forget it, I came in in the year of the blizzard, and I haven't seen a blizzard like that since 77, of which I never would want again in my life. That was uh, significant because I think it talked about the character and the strength of Buffalonians, particularly Buffalonians that are on the east side of Buffalo. Mm Mm-hmm. Never cast them out. It is important in my tenure there so far that we have had to help to rebuild a church, help to reorganize a daycare, a soup kitchen that went down during COVID and hasn't been up. So we've got the daycare back up. We've got completed everything we needed to do for the soup kitchen, but but we need to reimagine it. There are some other things and components I think that it needs not to just be the same soup kitchen it was under Richard G. Stewart, which was the organizer of that soup kitchen. I have to give him credit because he had the heart for the people. We just want to make sure that we can be uh, provide a good service and to be good servants and leaders in this part of the community to give honor where there's none. So it sounds like you're not only building the church back up, building the community center, the soup kitchen, but it's also like kind of reestablishing or building up the community around the church as well. We have a doula program there, the Durham Maternity Stress-Free Zone. And one of the wonderful things that happened in the midst of that blizzard was the fact that our doulas delivered a baby via a smartphone. 
during that particular Incredible. time. And it, it's, wow. it's important because when we talk about doula, doula in Greek is, is slave. And, and these are traditions that have come, midwifery is what we call it, traditions that have come from the South that have been used here in the North to buttress the disparities in black mortality rates of, of children. How important is that? Well, it's important because if you've got a white woman that goes into the hospital and a black woman that goes into the hospital, likelihood is that the black woman's child would not come out healthy or would not come out at all. And, and so when you take a look at the statistics, there are many questions to ask as to why the delivery isn't the same for one for the other. So we would just want to make sure that we have a viable alternative that uh, has a good success rate. And we are very proud. That event actually went national and it obtained national news. And so we were really happy for everyone that stands in the place as a doula. Faustinia, we were talking out in the lounge before this, and you really wanted to talk about the theme this year. Yes. So the theme this year is clean and green. Because um, I, as you mentioned about my company, The Monarch of Infinite Possibilities, Mm -hmm. my goal is really to raise the level of awareness about the environment and the arts and the BIPOC community, Black, Brown, and Indigenous community, and in the faith-based community, which is why it's so important to partner with churches. And the goal here is really to start talking about how can we be more sustainable? How can we reduce waste? What do we need to do to be prepared for the electrification transition that's happening? Because all over the world, we got to do something different. I often say that I know that Mother Earth is a black woman because we can take so much and then we get to a point where we're like, you know what? We're not taking no more, right? right? Like Cranny <laughs> Lou Hamer would say. Yes, my mind, my <laughs> or mind. we would basically, if you grew up with a black mama, you heard this phrase once before, which is, I can show you better than I can tell you. <laughs> so I believe that Mother Earth is tired of us because we have done so much to her and she's taken so much. So in order to make sure that we are prepared and have something for the future, we got to do things different in our community and in the world. And so the clean and green theme, it really is a springboard from what I was saying earlier, where it's true. If if I didn't smell bleach and pine saw, I didn't think it was clean. Right. But I didn't know a different way. And so by being a part of different environmental conversations, I'm learning that there's another way. As a matter of fact, to be honest, it's my grandmother's generation. My grandmother is 95 years old. Wow. And she's amazing. She loves to garden. And she is fascinated by all the things on the earth that are natural. And my granny, there's things she's done since she was a little girl that now people are saying, if you want to do things more sustainable, then you need to do it this way. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't call it this. Right. But my grandmother said, oh, honey, you got to do this and that. It's and the knowledge from our elders. It's the knowledge from our elders. And so um, I think that's important to start going backwards to some of the basic things. And being clean and green is simply meaning using things that help Mother Earth and help us to be sustainable. Can I tie something again? Dr. King once said, uh, we've traveled, but we have a ways to go. 
Yeah. Okay. And and I think that battle of the environment pauses and, and makes us question the concept of private ownership mm-hmm. and the disparities of being bad stewards. And and so we have to really look at this not necessarily as a as a blame game, but constructively we can change this paradigm. Cities are being challenged right now to take a look at how the Industrial Revolution mm-hmm. has caused these deposits of chemical toxicity. So in our communities where there's bad lead, there's toxins, there's noise pollution, we have all kinds of environmental issues to settle. And I think you pointed out to me before, if the earth goes, we all lose. That's it right mm-hmm. there. And so it's it's critical. We're at that point. If General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler can make the change from gas and fossil fuel to uh, electric, electric, then I think this is an important time for all of us to get yeah, in. Yeah, and I think you touched on something that's important, which is part of why I really am engaged in churches, which is the Bible says we're supposed to be stewards of the earth. And one thing I love about Dr. King, you know, he said... Everybody can be great because everybody can serve. And so that is sort of the vein in which I move in because to me, the environment is the great equalizer. It doesn't matter your social economic background. It doesn't matter what you've done. If we don't have clean air and we don't have clean water, we won't survive. Yeah, the ocean will come for us all. Yeah, and then in the um, holding the Shonay, um, the Native American families say water is life. And initially, when I heard that, I was like, that's right. But then I thought about it, and I thought, water is everything. Our bodies are made up of water. Mm -hmm. So if we don't do something to protect this water and this land. um, And that becomes a biblical theme because, you know, how we interpret uh, the Genesis account of domination. We have those that use domination of material to, to believe that, that uh, it, it, is a, it is a natural right. But unfortunately, we've been bad stewards as a result of that. And, uh, you know, you can gain, there's a saying, you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. Mm. You can lose communities. You can lose a nation. Uh, and, and we don't want to be in that position, not just as American citizens or Buffalonians, but this is a global matter and much bigger than any one of us. Uh, getting back to the day of service, um, the number of project sites, nine last year, how many this year? Over 30. Over <laughs> 30. Yes. Yep. Uh, so, so so everyone meets in a designated area and then, and then splits off to go to different sites as needed? Yeah. So um, one of the things that's important is because people could have just gone to the sites, right? But mm-hmm. I wanted to create a sense of community. And so we gather at what I call the rallying point, kind of like a pep rally, if you will. Right. And the goal is that everyone checks in, um, they get the instructions, and then um, we do a little um, like icebreaker of some sorts where we kind of, because we have 30 different groups that have signed up and continue to sign up. Wow. Yeah, ranging from um, the University of Buffalo's Association of Black Social Workers. We have ABO Early Childhood Center, 
Independent Health, if you can believe it or not, has so many people signed up that it's amazing because we hoped that at least 25 people would be sent to different sites. Mm -hmm. And organically, people have signed up. And like one of the groups that um, have come back every year is um, Thermal Fisher Scientific. They have like an African-American affinity group and um, they gather people together. And that's my motto. It's a monarch model where I believe in bringing groups together. And then, you know, again, many hands make light work. Mm -hmm. But by having groups, they encourage one another to come. And so we've got even um, the Haji Court um, number 62, which is an Eastern Star group. And I can't forget the D9 because I am a member of Delta Sigma Sorority Mm -hmm. Incorporated. And we have Zeta signed up, a.k.a. signed up. As a matter of fact, the day of service is their um, Founders Day. So we have AKA signed up. We have um, uh, Sigma Gamma Rho signed up. We have the Neighborhood Leaders Group, which is a clean mobility group that um, is uh, east side neighbors who are learning about clean mobility and different members of their group have signed up. Orchard Park Presbyterian Church, AmeriCorps. And I should say that our MLK Day of Service, it was started in Buffalo because we were connecting to the inauguration Mm -hmm. and the president's inaugural committee. But then they turned it over to AmeriCorps on the national level. So that day of service and that day was chosen because everyone across the country are going to be doing projects on that day. So in Buffalo, it's amazing that AmeriCorps has sent people as well. So we have so many different groups. Even the Buffalo History Museum and Explore Buffalo Wow, is sending people. I mean, we have had an overwhelming response. And then I love it because um, when I looked it up to see who else has signed up, the YMCA Teen Leaders Club at Kenton are sending people. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see young people like my nephew and um, Makai because we're doing a little small program. And little Makai, who was one of the volunteers in the original group, mm-hmm. Now he's elevated, and he introduces people like the mayor. So I called his mom to see if he would be available for us, and he's going to grace us with his presence. <laughs> so um, I have him and another young late person who um, she's a climate ambassador, and uh, she started when she was in high school, and now she's in college, a freshman in college, and she's going to be our MC. So it's going to be intergenerational. There's going to be people from... All, every hue there, and it's really going to be a time to have community. So, yes, we meet at um, actually the Durham Memorial AME Zion Church at 200 East Eagle Street. And at 8 o'clock in the morning, we do our little short program, and then uh, people go out to the 30 different sites to do their projects. And volunteers are needed. How, how can folks around Western New York participate? So, um, you know, if if they were clicking on the button, then they'd see the QR code and Mm -hmm. all of the different um, links to sign up. But the best way for people to find out that are listening is to go to the Michigan Street African-American Heritage Corridors website and then um, go to the events and they'll see MLK Day of Service. Now, I'll be honest. We had over 300 options, and most of those are gone. (laughs) So we keep adding to it. So um, if people are clicking on and trying to sign up and they don't see a way, they can also show up at 8 a.m. 
at the Durham Memorial AME Zion Church and our amazing volunteers will register them and then send them on down. And they're going to hear a familiar voice because Reverend uh, Bell here is going to open us up in prayer and welcome us to his church. Excellent. Excellent. I want to pivot um, just a little bit, talk a little bit about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and justice. Um, do, do either of you have a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King that you always come back to? Um, and if so, would you would you mind sharing it with us? Pastor? In his book, um, Strength to Love, I think he reaches a conclusion that makes it, uh, makes it imperative, uh, I choose love. And, and many times we, we see that on the back of the helmets of Josh Allen and the rest of the Buffalo Bills, but... Mm-hmm. But but to have the strength to love is what makes a city like Buffalo so important because it, its its theme is a city of good neighbors, and and so to be a city of good neighbors is not a passive arrangement, it is an active call to duty, it is an active call to connection, and having the strength to love is that you you make conscious decisions, that people. Uh, are to be honored and not dishonored. And so to overcome a dishonor culture, which is much of what we're doing, which has invaded the environment, we are doing everything to help to restore uh, what should be. And so I'm excited about that. Strength to love. I choose love. This is what you're doing, Fasenia. This is what you're doing as a radio station, mm-hmm. and I think uh, promoting it is imperative that it's done intergenerationally mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. there's so many lessons and there's so many things that flow from this that we haven't even begun to talk about opportunities. You have no idea what a what what a movement looks like from the very beginning. Mm. That's awesome. So I just sit back and say it's a wonderful thing to be a part of it, even in the early stages. And I'm glad that I was called back to Buffalo for such a time as this. So Dr. Mm -hmm. King, in his Strength to Love, uh, that was written in 1967, uh, this was a very good point. Thank you. And the quote for me, um, it kind of reminds me, one of my mentors, when I, I grew up in Buffalo, but then I went away to school, and then I was in a leadership program in St. Louis, Missouri, and that's where I got involved mm-hmm. politically. So one of my, I call her my political mom, um, she was a prolific speaker, and she loved Dr. King. So she would talk about Dr. King being a drum major for peace. But the quote about him that I love, he says, if you can't fly, mm. then run. If you can't run, then walk. And if you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, whatever you have to do, keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And for me, that is profound because one of my sheroes is Harriet Tubman. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she has a connection to our area and she just her resilience and her ability to keep going back to get those so that we could be free. So for me, to keep moving forward is like my mantra. Does it anger either of you when people misquote or misrepresent Dr. Martin Luther King's words and ideas? 
Um, it, hap- it happens more often um, than than people would like to admit. Well, we've had the Bible. We've had a certain part of the Bible called Two Corinthians, and so uh, to be angry uh, is not necessarily the word. Disappointed, perhaps uh, people that should know better and and that don't. But part of the dilemma and the challenge of a broken community or fallen world that that we experience is the fact that we we have to accept that there are forces on the other side that are working against your good. And so we've got to be equipped to know that um, that anger cannot solve a problem. We, we've got to have enough strength to know how to get it done. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's important not to just allow yourself to be pushed. One, one of my favorite quotes comes out of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Stephen Covey, where he talks about uh, that there, there is always a pause between the stimulus and the response. In, in other words, when somebody's trying to provoke you, it's easy for us to strike back. But mm-hmm. striking back does not change the situation. Right. Only holy righteousness does. Only a just community does. Only an idea that says maybe turning the other cheek is the most important thing at that moment because it wasn't you that created that environment of harm and violence. And we live in a country, we live in a city that is trained on violence. Everyone is in uh, I've even heard uh, councilmen talk about, I will have a gun. Uh, so it's important for us to realize that, that uh, the work that we do is a just work. And there are reasons why people are actually shouting and crying and screaming today. We have to have strength to love. Faustin, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, the pastor, he really... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he ca- Put that he one captured down. it. He did. I, I just would say that for me, I consider the source, right? And so if I know that you love me or you're coming from a place of love, then I'm willing to um, correct you in love. And I think that that's important because sometimes people misspeak or miss whatever. And um, in this cancel culture, people are so quick to say, you know, um, we're going to tear you down. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to dismiss you. Right. One misstep. Correct. And One misstep and it's over for you. And it didn't used to be like that because, you know what, we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right. And I recognize that. So for me, when I'm listening to people and they say something, I consider the source. Because if I know they love me, if I know you love me and you are saying something, then at least I'm going to love you enough to correct you and make sure that you understand and, you know, check in with you. Okay, a case in point of that is a few years ago um, when the Twin Towers were brought down mm-hmm. and it was interpreted as uh, a sphere of evil axis that was assaulting the United States. And a, a decision that was made to go to war now has cost us billions of uh, dollars and millions of a lot of lives mm-hmm. that could have been avoided for something that really wasn't what they thought it was originally. Now that you know the information's come out, so I'm not telling anything new, but we can be provoked and in in provocation, 
we can create a situation that's worse off than we ever imagined. Imagine what those billions of dollars could have done to the city for the city of Buffalo instead of being pushed toward militarism. Imagine the schools, the housing, the health care, the things that that money could have been used for instead of on bombs, instead of on destruction. So we pay a terrible price for not having the wherewithal to make better decisions. Where are we as a society um, concerning the dream of Dr. Martin Luther King? Mm, that's a good question. Um, because I think what's interesting is people like to focus on the fact that he had a dream, right? Mm -hmm. That speech is very powerful, which my understanding is that it really was called something else, but right. in that moment that I have a dream resonated. Um, and for me, I, I um, lean into that because... Um, Having churches and nonprofits and BIPOC people and, you know, people doing this is a dream of mine, right? And I realized that it, with the dream comes a heavy responsibility because many people don't completely understand your vision until they get it, until it's connected to something that they're doing. And so when I think about um, Dr. King and all of that, I realize that um, we're not where we need to be, but we're not where we were before. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we can give each other some grace, then I think that we will make a greater impact. And so it takes um, being steadfast. I mean, it takes being resilient. And we know as Buffalonians and dealing with snow and all the things, <laughs> right, we know right. how to be resilient. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, we know what to do. Um, when we can't make a way out of no way, because that's how I was raised, especially being in church, that as a people, as black people, as people who have been marginalized and, and people who, you know, are in situations that we have to make a dollar out of 15 cents, right? Mm -hmm. um, we make it happen. And so I think that continuing to press in despite what we see, I think that um, Dr. King would, you know, be waving his finger at us like we still got a work to do, you know, and um, I really believe that he would say, as I said before, to keep moving forward. Pastor? Dr. King was a drum major, and being a drum major, he had his eye on tomorrow, uh, the eye on the future. Prophets in the Old Testament, the old Hebrew idea of being a seer, and to understand the moral requirements that uh, God had placed upon uh, the nation of Israel and how that, how that worked out. So when we talk about the nation, when we talk about Buffalo, we talk about a constitution that has been written and the question of, uh, we, in the preamble, we the people. And it starts with we the people and the prophetic eye that he was looking at, whether in an I have a dream speech, was whether or not we are all at the table. It was begging the question, are we all at the table? And in America, we haven't, whether we were a, whether we were a part of the Seneca Nation that got scattered, whether we were... Uh, uh, 
those who were who came from they were Ashanti, they were Senegalese, they were, and that came to the states. Um, those from the uh, Latin countries, no matter where they came from, the question was, how do we become one? Because if justice is for all, then the end goal must be that we have a more perfect union. And what are we doing to work toward that? Now, we had blunders here in Buffalo. We raised up Millard Fillmore, who signed the Fugitive Slave Law Act of 1850 on September 29th, and a person by the name of Solomon Northrop was taken out of Saratoga Springs, New York, into Louisiana, never mind the fact that the New York State Constitution, the original conventional Constitution, left us out of the Constitution, and that in from 1700 to 1744, uh, Black people could be killed for any reasons without any recourse. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about Dr. King's his statement, we have come a long ways, but we have a, a long ways to go. Mm-hmm. The whole issue of black infant mortality can be summed up in either bad science or a politics of race that still has been embedded. That is the reason why black mortality is so low compared to white mortality in terms of infants. So I, I think that with regard to Dr. King, uh, having the wherewithal to strive up against these various things, and so what you're doing is striving up against uh, the colonial measures that now has been stripped, and it's going to be embarrassed because it's not intended for all. And until we get to a place where we have enough conviction and belief that this country belongs to all of us, we will continue to perish. Mm. Mm. Wow. So let's, let's look ahead. Let's look ahead. What, what's next for the MLK Day of Service? Where do you see this event, Faustinia, in the next five years and, or in ten years? Wow, thank you. It's funny because every year it grows exponentially, right? And I see that one day, um, maybe in the next five years, we may have 10,000 people who are doing work and Um, The emphasis has been on the east side of Buffalo because um, it seems like east side of Buffalo has been overlooked and Mm -hmm. left out. But as we look to the future, I could imagine all over western New York, everyone is ready on Monday, MLK Day, whatever date that is, to do a day of service. Because one thing that on the national level they say is not a day off. Even though it's a holiday, it's not a day off, it's a day on. And so I would love to see 10 years from now that, you know, by that time, Makai and, and my nephew are in college and they're coming back and, um, you know, leading all kinds of uh, community service projects. And we are really doing things that make an impact. Because for me, I see Buffalo on the rise. I see um, the Western New York, and from an environmental perspective, I see us making great strides. And so 
for me, MLK Day of Service would be something that everyone participates in and looks forward to. And we do major projects that make a great impact. And, and Pastor, what's next for Durham Memorial AME Zion Church? Well, in, in order to fill in the other 364 days out of the year, <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what, what we are engaged in is uh, creating other poverty initiatives in the area. We've already begun an entrepreneurial group. Uh, we've begun a home improvement group uh, that's, that's catching on. Uh, we believe that uh, we believe that uh, many hands make work light, and, and and so when you begin to talk about renewal, you want to talk about what is it going to take for East Side of Buffalo to be renewed to a point where a, a dishonored culture now becomes an honor culture, and so there are a lot of pieces that go into that. And since I just got here. I don't have to give you a whole litany of things that we're going to be doing, but I do want to let you know that uh, uh, that, that there there is much to do, and with God we can do anything but fail. And so I thank you for the opportunity to encourage businesses and uh, individuals to get involved with something that's meaningful and transformative. We have no idea of what Buffalo can become unless we're willing to put our hands to the plow and put down the war instruments and throw them into the plowshares. And so I thank you for this opportunity to have this conversation. And Faustinia, one more thing to add? Yes. Um, I really want to say um, we can't forget about the elders that really mm -hmm. toiled. And uh, one person I want to lift up is Bishop William Henderson, who was instrumental in a lot of the things that are amazingly happening. And um, so we give a special award um, in his honor, and we're going to do that. Um, First Lady Diana Henderson is going to be there to present um, the uh, Bishop um, Henderson Award about the environment. And um, we're going to honor George Johnson who has done incredible work with formerly Broderick Park, but now it's Freedom Park, mm -hmm. and all kinds of work that he does. And so um, I do just thank you, and I want to mention our sponsors, because we could not have done this. <laughs> I could not have done what we've done over the last four years by myself. Right. And so I'm so grateful to the partnership with the Michigan Street African American Heritage Corridor, Terry, Alfred, and Audrey, and the whole mm -hmm. team over there mm -hmm. is incredible Amen. because they really believe in embracing our community because we want to see Buffalo vibrant the way it was back in the day and the way it's going to be in the future. And then the Buffalo branch of the NAACP with Reverend Blue, as we know he says, many hands make light work. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and he absolutely from day one got on board with helping us because in the second year we gave out COVID kits because let's be clear it seems like it's on the rise and so mm -hmm. um, I'm grateful to the NAACP Buffalo branch and then um, on a national level we are connected with AmeriCorps and the organizing group and then this year I had a couple of sponsors come in 
um, the Air and Waste Management Association gave us a donation to help organize it. And then um, the Buffalo Urban League. Tom Buford. Tom Buford. Woo! I got to give a special <laughs> thanks to him because my uh, committee, we normally have like muffins and coffee. But my committee said, uh, can we have a more heartier breakfast? And so Brothers Restaurant, and if you haven't been to Brothers, woo, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> um, they are catering the breakfast. And I want to just thank the Buffalo Urban League and Tom Buford for sponsoring that. So they're the sponsors of our breakfast. And then um, we received a donation from Walmart to give us um, eco-friendly products to give to our sites. And I just got a text from Houston <laughs> off the office, and they said that Senator Tim Kennedy has come in with a donation for our MLK Day. Wow. I know. So uh, it is just, I'm overwhelmed. I could just cry when I think about how the city of good neighbors, just we support one another and look out for one another. Because, you know, this is a labor of love. I mean, I have my own business, but this is a volunteer effort. Everyone mm -hmm. connected has volunteered. We have a committee of like 17 volunteers who would do anything to help. And then the people, your listen, listening audience, the people who have come in the past, they're all volunteering. I mean, to me, that's what it's about. How can we come together, get past in the world? There's so much negative happening. And here we are as a Buffalo community coming together to make a great impact so thank you so much for having us oh yes and 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 i want to thank the both of you bostonia l morrow and pastor michael bell thank you for being on for being on with us today it's a really great conversation we touched on a lot of things um and it, it's you know just one of those conversations and in the spirit of dr martin luther king i'm glad we could have it that about does it for this episode of What's Next. This has been Thomas O'Neill White. Thank you very much for listening. This is the Buffalo Toronto Public Media History Bite, bringing you a peek into significant historical events for the week of January 8th through January 14th. I'm your host and program director, Tom Barich. The aeronautical design company that brought you the X-1, the first supersonic aircraft, the Bell 30, widely regarded as the first commercial helicopter, and the very real rocket belt, i.e. jetpack, Bell Aircraft Corporation was founded on January 10, 1935. January 10, 1863 is the date that the Buffalo Historical Society was founded. That, incidentally, is the society that shifted into the Buffalo History Museum, where most of these facts are coming from. If you enjoyed a coffee and or pastry from Tim Hortons this morning, you can, of course, thank Tim Horton and wish him a happy birthday. He was born on January 11th, 1930 in Cochrane, Ontario. And on June 14th, 1916, the University at Buffalo basketball team plays its very first official game. You've been listening to the Buffalo Toronto Public Media History Bite. Discover more stories about Western New York's past on the Buffalo History Museum's website. Learn more at buffalohistory.org. For Buffalo Toronto Public Media, I'm Tom Barich. Mm -hmm.